Hi, I'm Greg Eulen with Reynolds and Reynolds, and this is Connected. Today, I'm sitting down with Paul J. Daly and Kyle Mountseer from, well, I know him from the Automotive Troublemakers podcast and from the Automotive State of the Union. Uh, two great guys with really great backgrounds in retail automotive. Uh, a lot of a lot of spirit, a lot of uh, a real drive for the retail industry and what we're doing and what what's changing. Uh, looking forward to this conversation. And, and these guys are actually launching um, almost a reinvention of the Automotive Conference here this coming weekend. So uh, welcome, Paul and Kyle. Thanks so much for hopping on. Ah, absolutely. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. So, yeah, for sure. So let's start, if you don't mind, uh, talk about AsotoCon a little bit. First one, a uh, little different take on on the Automotive Conference. You guys have been hyping it for quite a while. Seems like you got a lot of attendants lined up, uh, a lot of sponsors lined up. So give us just kind of an overview of, of what the plan is and, and kind of how it started. So we always run into this, Kyle, and I don't know who to talk to. So Feel free to assign one of us to answer because we will both wait and not answer. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I'll jump in. I'll, I'll jump in on this one. Um, the, the conference of SotoCon really has been on the radar for a while. We've always wanted to do like a major standalone event. And, um, you know, in it, we, we want to make sure that we don't come across as saying like, we think the other conferences in automotive are doing something wrong. We're just saying that we think that we're ready for it to shake it up a little bit. And that's really how innovation happens, right? Somebody comes in with a, a little bit of a nuanced vision and then uh, we get to test and see if, it, if it's great or if it's not great. So we just try to take the best elements of other conferences we go to from outside automotive um, and also pairing that with the increased conversation that we've seen just spring up since the pandemic, a lot more dealers and industry partners just having a regular collaboration, whether, you know, on audio apps like Clubhouse um, or on private Zoom calls. And we're bringing all that conversation and collaboration into one venue so that that is actually the programming. The conversation is the programming and it's not as much founded on workshops and one way education. It's more founded on the basis of conversation uh, in an amazing venue. And uh, we got a little bit of fun planned as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I see it as as additive to what's already going on. It's not going to replace things, I don't think. And I don't, I, no. I'm assuming that's not the intention, right? It's no. it's additive and it's it's growing and it's changing and evolving. Um, so you mentioned the the conversation, the dialogue is the event. It's the core of the event. How does that work? You know, so you two, you, we mentioned kind of off camera. You do this for a living. You, you talk to people for a living. You have these conversations for a living. Um, but how do you structure it? How do you make it something that people can come to, enjoy, engage in that conversation? conversation. Well, I'll tell you what, what, what we did is we made everything harder for ourselves, right? Why other people out. do it a different way. <laughs> yeah. Well, so one thing that we wanted to start with was we, we did, you know, a lot of uh, industry events kind of start with a welcome reception the night before, but it's mainly for the speakers or the sponsors. So we did invite everyone to that, which I think like sets the tone for just being in the vicinity of others and having that conversational mode as you enter the energy of day one the next day. But then we got extremely intentional about the people that we invited to speak paired together and purpose to a particular conversation. Um, so by looking outside of the industry and bringing some some fresh thought from a retail perspective or from a leadership or, or culture perspective and going, hey, look, we need you to speak into the automotive industry. So we've got people like Nicole Lipkin and Dave Meltzer and the co-founder of Square, uh, Jim McKelvey coming, uh, Darren Doan, a, a, a music video publisher and, and renowned video artist. Um, all of those people are going to speak into it. And then the way that we organize the conversations is, 
we honestly painstakingly uh, went through every single conversation, named them ourselves, paired up industry partners and outside of retail and dealers and said, hey, look, if we got these people talking, if we got them communicating, then what it's probably going to do is spur on more conversations outside of that. It's going to it's going to broaden our perspective on the questions that we might ask of, as an industry. And so we were very careful. We actually uh, I think maybe maybe two people requested in the whole and uh, you know i think we've got like 49 sessions and the whole thing they requested one other person beyond that panel just because there's a good conversation mode there but even like the moderators that we've selected have all been handpicked to make sure that we can carry a conversation and as we're going through this paul and i were it, it just kept coming up we'd be like oh i mean i gotta be in the other room Man, <laughs> be there, you know. So it's that, it's that kind of mode where we just we created things where we'd want to listen to, we'd want to be a part right. of, and might spark some really serious conversation. So what's what's the setup like? Is it is it separate rooms with you know almost like a roundtable discussion setup? Is it is it a panel where people are watching? Um, is it like one of those dinners you go to where like you're sitting around a table and you just gotta you know kind of talk to the people around you and you try to pair people up? How, how is it set up? What what, what should people expect if they're attending or want to attend? The answer kind is of yes. Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of all of those, all of those in different, in different areas. I mean, the venue in and of itself is a sports venue. If you're in South Philly, if you're familiar at all, basically you have all the pro sports venues surrounding this one uh, complex in the middle called Xfinity Live, the CBS Sports Arena. And so it's made, it's really the place you go to experience games when you can't be at the game. So it's got a main center area where we're going to seat, uh, you know, in the vicinity of three to 400 people. It can't hold everybody. We, you know, 600 is the attendance of the event. On game day, this place will hold like two or 3,000. But, you know, obviously we brought in chairs and stuff. So you'll there's the main hall with the main stage. And then there are th four restaurants, one on each corner of this main hall area. And three of those are going to be side stages. So um, there's an operations room, a marketing technology room and a sales and culture room and they will have their own content based on that lots of panel discussions going on in there however when there is main stage content it's going to be simulcast into all the other stages as well so people are going to find where they feel comfortable to you know, ex you know enjoy the event they're going to move from room to room there's um there's outside space that's covered as well so but and think about it it's it's a venue where people are used to eating having conversation and being together so the space just itself caters to um picking a place that feels good for you and then maybe moving to another place. So it's not going to be like pick a seat and stay there. It's going to be yeah. a very dynamic change of scenery type event. No, that's great. I, I mean, it sounds, um, sounds exciting. I mean, I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to hear about it and, and hopefully it goes, goes great for you guys and you can keep, keep doing it. Um, I assume this will be like a monthly event that you'll put on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, we, at some point we'll go two it, times a month, East Coast, West Coast, East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, that's the whole idea. Yeah, that. and then I'll be dead in three months and someone else will have to run it. <laughs> I tell you what, so, though, I mean, I'm putting on an event like this. It is. It's a lift. You know, this is our first time doing something like this. And so just shout out to those that have done it, you know, from digital dealer to NADA to ISG20 to Internet Sales Battle Plan to everything that we've seen across the industry. You know, you got used car week. And like it is, it is work. Brian, it it takes events. a lot of, it, yeah. I mean, the yeah. Pash events, you know, it, it's work. There's, there's a lot of content to put together. There's a lot of intentionality that you have to have, you know, from graphic design to websites, to ticketing, to communications, to collaboration uh, relationships. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's a big task, but we've, I'm telling you what I get, 
I literally get up every day excited to just partner with the industry on this because I feel that way. You know, we've got collaborators going, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, and I, and we hear that or dealers going, wouldn't it be cool if, and man, we're just trying to say, yeah, it would be cool if we did that as much (laughs) as possible. So let's do it. (laughs) Right. Let's do it. So let's go a little deeper on, you use the word collaborators and you use that a lot. Um, when I, when I listen to you guys and, and both of you, you talk about collaboration, um, being really, it seems like you correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the foundational, uh, purpose behind what you do is, is bringing people together and collaborating and talking and, and trying to drive forward in that way. So, um, why, I guess why that word, right? I think words are pretty important. You chose that word for a reason. So why that word? And, and then beyond that, why is it so important? Um, you know, e- either one of you want to take that. And then we'll stare at each other because you don't know who to answer. It's Paul, all good. You go it's first? all good. I'll, I'll take a swing. <laughs> Kyle definitely have some stuff to say about this as well. Um, we believe that collaboration speeds innovation. And when we say collaboration, we mean two parties both injecting their best thinking and then everyone being willing to be shaped by the other person's insights and input. Right. That's a collaboration. Um, if we're speaking of events, often events are will provide a space for the industry partners to do whatever they want right and then that usually involves um you know a variety of experiences so we've decided to like change the word sponsor to collaborator in with the intentionality to say we expect you to bring something to the event bring some texture because every industry partner has different levels of insights in different areas of the industry and more broadly we use the word collaboration because it is literally going to take all of us to help retail franchise retail automotive innovate fast enough to win and so collaboration i mean i guess you know collabs right talk about a collab right a lot of times you have you see a lot of you know famous musicians doing collabs right where they 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 both put their spin on a song and then you see things like with influencers and sponsorships where it's actually like hey we're both gonna like do something cool around this topic or this product and so i think one of the things we did was kind of adopt a mentality that's already a part of culture and we just tried to integrate it with automotive that tends to be a little bit behind right and we're just trying to be like Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Because we, for the first time ever, or for the first time in a long time, retail automotive and pop culture are literally walking in lockstep, right? EVs have helped that and all that. I mean, that gets into another topic, but. Yeah, you know, and I think one of the things that we're encouraging all of our, um, you know, technology and relationship partners on the industry partner side is, is to not just enter what would typically be called sponsorship with an activation or collaboration mindset, but actually enter the environment of working together with a collaboration mindset. So having these conversations, you know, we use, we, you know, I think for us, it's like, you know, Oh, there's our vendor is like step one. And then the ones that really get it, call them partners. Right. And, and partner uh, kind of talks about a, a one-to-one relationship. And I think like the extension of that, is collaboration because now you actually get to go to three or more. And so when we talk about the relationship between the OEM, the industry partners, multiple, and the dealer and the customer is when we can think about collaboration in that perspective, all of a sudden we broaden our, our, our scope of capacity to, to reimagine the innovation that needs to happen between all of those. And so it's really challenging these industry partners and these dealers to think in this way of like, okay, 
before it was like this one way, this one-to-one relationship, this one like back and forth relationship. Now, then, then we went to a stage where it's like, we're partnering together to do something. And now we want to really refocus everyone and not just the way that we, you know, sponsor events or come to events, but, but that every piece of content, every piece of idea, solving the customer experience, solving the employee experience is a collaborative effort. Um, Cause like Paul said, we go faster when we do it uh, together at this point. All right. So let me ask you, you mentioned customer experience and solving that. And that's a, that's a good jumping off point to just get into how do you do it historically when you solve any problem, right? Any experience problem, um, it's it's process first, right? We figure it out with people. We figure out a process that works. Usually it's some uh, group or individual that that's really talented and they figure something out and they're bright and, and they kind of work it out and it's a manual process. That's not scalable. So then over time, it becomes driven by software. Um, and then, you know, it can evolve from there and grow from there. Um, but w- when you think about, you know, where we are today and where we need to, need to go, um, where do you think we are on that spectrum? Are we are we at the still figuring out the process phase? Do, do we think we know that? Um, and now we're moving into a, an area where it's it's kind of we're going to we're going to drive innovation through software. Um, you know, is it a stop and start? What do you think? What do you see? What do you hear uh, with where we are on that? that innovation spectrum when it comes to solving that customer experience, as you put it. Well, here's, here's what I would say is that a lot of times when we, when we talk about solving a general problem, um, we do talk too much in generalities. And, and so I, I, I will say like, we talk a lot about solving the customer experience or solving for a better customer experience is maybe a better way of putting it. Solving the customer experience is kind of boiled baked down. Um, but when, but when we look at it, a lot of times what we do is we chase, um, process or product first. And I think that what we as an industry, like, it's really just a mindset shift to where we, we like at the, at the common root is problem. Um, so once we determine and define the problem that the customer experience, the way it has been is not good, uh, it lacks transparency. It takes too long and it, and it doesn't meet them where they're at, right? There's, there's three major things that it doesn't do. So there's problem. Then you layer on that next is people. Um, so th- the only thing that can really solve a problem is people. And that's something that our industry has unique that I think for like four or five years, we started to skip over and say, we have to solve problems with technology. And I think if we, if we then layer on people and then layer on process, and then layer on product. And what we started to do at the beginning of the uh, of the pandemic is we said, okay, problem, retail transactions, product, digital retail. Well, then what happens is you, uh, you know, all, all digital retail companies are dealing with churn right now because what's happening is we met a problem with a product and instead of taking that ladder approach at, at the problem. And so I think that that's like, it's, it's really an approach mindset because I think we, as, as the automotive industry have always leveraged technology to solve a problem. Actually Reynolds as a company, you know, I was talking to my friend Ben about this Reynolds as a company and you know, your CDKs and other DMSs were actually way ahead of their time from an, uh, from a, from the perspective of solving problems with technology. They were before most other industries had central platforms for data management. And 
Um, so we've always been ahead of the time. So I don't doubt that we can fix these problems with technology, but we have to start with people, then process, then product. Um, and if we do it in that order, then all of a sudden we'll meet the customer where they're at, which is the problems that they have with it. And here's the thing. If every, if we just look at every OEM cars.com auto trader, Cox automotive Reynolds CDK survey for the last five years. If you don't think that we don't know what the problem is, then, then you just not reading. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and I would, I would add though, you can't look at the problem in a silo either. I mean, you know, it's, it's not that, uh, you know, this problem is just stands alone and you can solve the problem and not think it's going to have an impact on a bunch of other things, whether that's, you know, your your current people and processes that you have in place, whether it's, you know, the software that you have in place, whether it's, um, you know, your, your business in general and, and how that operates and how that functions and and the core principles of, of what you need to accomplish as a, as a dealership. Um, so that layers in a whole nother kind of uh, extension of complexity that that makes it even more difficult to solve it's not it's not like we have this problem and then we can just tick off the boxes to get to an answer it's like saying we need to solve education right (laughs) and it it really is it's that broad because it's like you know the the curriculum writers are going to be like we need to solve it through better textbooks Right. And and the union people are going to like, we need to solve it through better working conditions. And then, you know, the parents are going to say we need to solve it by better facilities or better. You know what I mean? Like and everyone's going to be myopic in their lane unless they take a minute to broaden, like to, to raise the drone up and look at the whole picture and say, like, well, actually, let's first understand why it's broken. Right. And I think in automotive, like what you just said was gaining a broader understanding of what everyone else is is supposed to fix because it's easy for the technologists to say like a faster website is going to fix it, right? The ones that are just laser focused on that are going to preach that gospel when in reality, if your, if your process in store is broken, then it doesn't matter how fast your website is, right? Or you could say your HR okay. process is broken or whatever. And so like even one of the, the founding founding. Um, principles of a SOTUCON is to have everybody in a proximity that allows them to get a little taste of what everyone else is talking about. We're going to encourage people, go pick a session that isn't in your area of expertise and go to that session. Pick something that, because, you know, people migrate where they're comfortable. I'm going to know the language. I'm going to know the people in there. And, you know, our, when we say solve four, you know, Kyle put it better that way, solve four, um, the customer experience or a better customer experience, it all starts by zooming out and saying like, well, why does the customer want a different experience? What experience do they want? And then solving for that as opposed to how do we make this perception of the what the experience should be that we have that's old and outdated and legacy, trying to make that incrementally better. So I, I think you're right on the money by like this broad understanding. And then, you know, that, then that's where the collaboration comes in, right? You have to get all the different expertise, you know, understanding the whole problem and then solving in the same direction instead of saying like our thing will solve it it's like no our thing will solve it right because we all know the answer there is no one thing that will solve it yeah and then and then you end up with that that mess that we had you know kyle you mentioned it with with you know trying to solve a problem with product before you you really understand the problem and you don't have that plan in place and when you do that you end up with 43 different vendors basically or people trying to solve the same problem with different products and and you end up with this just tangled web of miscommunication and and quote unquote integration that just makes people pull their hair out and i think what you guys are saying too is you know if we just 
take a step back and, and approach it differently from the beginning, it eliminates that, that mess that we all get ourselves into. Mm-hmm. For real, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, my, my former, uh, my former boss always said like, like 90% of everything that you do is about approach. And early I would have said like, well, that's just a political statement. Right. But actually what it is, is, is like approach and perspective are very similar things. Um, and so I think if, if, if our approach and our perspective of the automotive industry is much broader than just our, just our silo, just the thing that we're working on, we actually start to see how we can collaborate, right. Going back to that with these other pieces that allow us to execute like a final plan. Um, because the minute you throw something out because it doesn't sound good or look good, like you could easily be like all OEMs are terrible because of one thing, one CEO said one time. Right. Right. And that ha- I mean, that happens in our industry. You're like, Oh, that tech partner, they're terrible. The one yeah. guy, he one time said the one thing, you know, and it doesn't like, work. Right. It doesn't it's work. So- Definitely I tried doesn't work. It, I try install it on my website. Digital retailing didn't work. Yeah, we're four square and everybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> Go get them. Go get them, Paul. Yeah, so that's, that, that's that's important. Just to just to have the perspective and approach and and understand that that like your impact on the broader thing and the broader things impact on you. Um, whether it's your role at a dealership or your role at a tech partner or your role at a consulting firm or a training partner that that like you're not the only way that this whole thing gets fixed. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Um, all right. So lo- lots of good discussions. I'm excited about a Sotocon. I really am. I can't wait to see how it turns out. You said, did you say 600 people is your cap? That's the cap. Yeah, si- well, Monday night, there's going to be a couple more than 600 because Monday Sorry. night we're having this big party. Right. And, and that's where, you know, we're partnering actually with uh, good friends, you know, at Gooba Goo and Naked Lime to put on an insane party where we're inviting everybody in the industry from the bottom to the top technicians, detailers, BDC rep salespeople. If you work for a dealership, you can come open doors, no charge to, to push down our very principle. Like we need to get everyone in the industry involved. So they're going to be a few more. We're already over a thousand for, for the evening. For the evening party. Oh, that's so. great. That's great. All right. So let's call it a thousand. Um, there's, there's a heck of a lot more than that in our industry that, that aren't, you know, <laughs> local affiliate or whatever. Uh, do you guys have a plan? Is there any way for people to either get involved or after the fact to, to hear some of the conversations that happened? Um, do you have a plan kind of after the event or during the event for, for broader exposure? Yeah. I mean, well, one, if people aren't already uh, a part of the Asodu ecosystem, they can go to asotu.com and and just sign up for our daily drip email. And it's filled with GIFs and and good content that just, you know, talks about the broader industry. It'll give you that like quick five minute insight, understanding what's going on inside the industry. Plus we look at broader retail topics so you can assume some of the things that are going outside of retail. But yes, we have taken the bold stance that recording literally everything that happens is important for us, <laughs> um, which is crazy because we'll probably, I think, I think we calculated up somewhere in the neighborhood of like 57 hours of, of total <laughs> recorded content over, um, over the 40, over the 48 hours, just because of, you know, the, 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 stages, the rooms yeah. next to each other. Right. Um, so we will thumb through that, you know, we're, I, I we're not going to push everything live because I don't think that, 
like people just don't have the time to to recognize that amount of content or or, or you know i was you know I, I appreciate the virtual login to the virtual conference but nobody ever watches the whole thing so we'll we'll pull out some of the insights and really really important conversations and pieces of conversations and um you know following us on linkedin and instagram is probably the closest you can be to some of that um but we'll continue to have these conversations like we the other piece of this is is when when we looked at this we literally finalized the schedule two weeks ago because we knew right. if we if we did it anywhere before that we wouldn't be present with the type of topics that were necessary right now and yes are there some broader scale topics that are continually relevant for our industry absolutely but we want to have topics that are relevant right now you know last yep. year we we had a, a year in extravaganza a live stream we'll do again this year in in december and um you know, Paul Walzer comes on at that point, the chairman of the NADA, he's got a big Grinch in the back of him. He's like, we were like, what are you paying attention to right now? He said, I was just in Washington. We were talking about LIFO and we were like, that's hyper relevant. And that's the, <laughs> that's the type of comment. We were actually just talking to Alex Vetter just a little bit ago, CEO of cars.com. And he said, no, you know, it, it used to be 20 groups would meet, you know, two to four times a year. And that's what they, that's the interaction that they had with other dealers. Now 20 groups are getting on Zoom calls every week, sharing insights, ideas, they're texting back and forth, like the speed of innovation, the speed of conversation moves so quick. So yes, we will record it all. Yes, you can follow us on all the socials and we'll push out a lot of that across of our email and social media platforms, but um, we're just going to continue to host the most relevant conversations that we possibly can. No, it's great to hear. <clears throat> great to hear. Now, I could I could obviously talk to the two of you for uh, for hours or, or probably days if uh, we had a couple of beers or something to keep us going. <laughs> but uh, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, anything that we didn't hit on today that uh, that you want to dive into at all before we jump off? No, I'm just really thankful for you being in the fight with us. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, yeah. I, I appreciate uh, you know what you're doing and and continuing the conversation. I you know I. I'll say this, you know, we can have 600 people at the event and we can have maybe a couple thousand at the party and, you know, our podcast can reach a couple few hundred a day or maybe thousands at some point and yours is the same. And, um, you know, but it takes it takes a whole lot of people talking about a lot of the similar things as often as we possibly can to continue to drive this forward and we can't do it alone. And so like we don't we don't just ask people to only watch or listen to what we're doing. There's other incredible people that are having these conversations across podcasts and live streams and events and don't miss them. Um, don't, don't sit in your silo. If you're a dealer or industry partner, don't just head down, keep your eyes up and feet on the ground. And that's going to be the best possible way that we can win as an industry. Well put, well put. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. I know you're busy. Definitely appreciate it. And I hope you have a great day and, and a great show with uh, the, the brand new Asotucon. Oh, thank Thanks, you so sir. much. Thanks so much for joining the conversation today. Before we hop off, don't forget you can watch or listen to episodes of Connected on YouTube, Apple, or Spotify podcasts. And make sure to subscribe so you're notified every other Wednesday when new episodes are released. We'll see you in two weeks.